0: In this episode of The Fool Nerd, DDR5 and Dead 3090s. Yeah, quick into the point. Welcome to The Fool Nerd, episode 190. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Eleni is taking some class so she can get a free copy of Windows 11. So she's not here. And and Patrick Murray is controlling the horizontal and vertical.
1: Uh, you know, before we dive into it, I've realized it's been a couple weeks. Uh, there is some news around the PC world that we haven't discussed on this show. Uh, so yeah, Brad, I want to I want to congratulate Brad. You have a you have a new position. Please tell us what what's going on at PC World. Brad looks shocked.
2: Uh, uh yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm the executive editor now, and we're all going to kick some butt. So keep reading. Going to be some butt kicking stuff. That
1: means uh, Brad, Brad is all of our bosses now. You know, we have to report to Brad now. Jeez. I, I just realized the painting, is it a
2: Mandelbrot or something up there? or? That is like a $20 uh, tapestry I got on YouTube, uh, Amazon. Oh, <laughs> $20. <bucks. laughs> Where are the I tapestries? Have house, I have an old house that has plaster walls, and I can't put nails in it. So look for light stuff that I can hang up with Velcro strips.
1: There you go. Well uh yeah anyway I I want to congratulate you live on this uh on the show for the uh the promotion Brad you you're going to you're going you're gonna to rock as the head of PC World although so you're, you're already can't... rocking you're already rocking You're not wearing a mandated red shirt as we
0: all are today for some reason Oh no. including my red yeah canteen
2: I'm wearing pink pink letters and pink shorts actually yeah. Oh okay there we go. Uh, okay,
1: then uh, let's... Anyway, just want to say that. Let's uh, let's hop into the show, because uh, we, we got some explainers, uh, some some things that, that needed to be explained. The first one, uh, DDR5, Gordon.
0: Yeah, you know, do we... I just basically, hey, it's coming. It's it's clearly finally here. And what are the, the things... The important... Oh, this is a different audience. There's actually a story on PCWorld.com today. You can go read, uh, basically... Uh, Explaining a lot of the things you really sort of need to know about DDR5. Kind of put it in my PC. And and, uh, clearly, I think for this audience, more focused. But the summary is new memory. It's it's one more than DDR4, clearly. Mm. Um, So it'll be one more better. You will need a new CPU. You will need a new motherboard. You will need new RAM. So it is like uh, all RAM transitions. uh, They are often painful uh obviously offers more density it has uh internal ecc but again uh as ian would point out uh it's not really the ecc you're thinking about but basically ecc is performed on the chips internally because you're now they're going to get to uh 512 gigs of memory in a consumer desktop so you 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 need ecc inside in order to make that that product actually viable the rest of it and
2: this baby i Brandis. know crazy
0: right i mean yeah so up to 512 gigs right now mm, arguably what one, 128 probably probably 128 gigs today in a gdr4 system uh more memory bandwidth in the end um in fact interestingly i don't think i've seen this anywhere else but reading through some micron uh briefings they were saying you know clock for clock or that they are getting 37%, 36% more bandwidth out of DDR5 than a DDR4 module. Uh, latency is, you know, pretty much a wash, not a huge deal. Um, it will be more expensive. In fact, the modules that have been sold are probably about 2x of what you are getting for a DDR4 module. It'll be rare. It'll be hard to get. It'll be painful. Uh, it's also, of course, I didn't mention this in the story itself, um, but, you know, it is it is uh, breaking up the module into two channels, which gets in a good question from uh Dr. Ian Ketris, like, well, would you call this dual channel? Would you call a system with two DDR5 modules a quad channel system? And I would argue that, no, it's still, for the most part, a, a dual channel system for most people. And, you know, it probably depends on where you, how you configure it in the motherboard anyway. Um And I think you can't really break that convention and it's it's best probably to, they will still i imagine be dual channels right so uh what else is interesting about ddr5 uh and it'll be hotter because uh memory the uh voltage regulator is moved from the motherboard now into the module so it will be slightly hotter we don't really know how much depending on how much is being pushed to it of course we saying yeah it's it's potentially probably going to be hotter we got this special a design in our ours that is actually going to pay off dividends. So hotter, more expensive, hard to get. It's basically everything you've come to expect from a new memory transition. So they're never so, they're, they're those never fun. Heat
2: sinks aren't just going to be for bling anymore on on RAM. It sounds like
0: yeah, it might actually do something. I I do wonder like if you know because the heat sinks are really for cool factor. They've been for a long time. You remember people tried to do you know fifteen years ago they were doing water cooled RAM because. That was cool looking. (laughs) It was just simply some place. It was cool looking. It was cool looking. Actual practical upside wasn't that much, but it may make more of a difference here. We'll have to see. Uh, What else? Is there another? And yes, so Alder Lake S will support it, and uh, most likely Zen 4.
2: I was going to say Alder Lake S supports it, but they're also going to support DDR4. What do you think about that? What do you think about, should they just rip the Band-Aid off? Is it good to ease into a transition like this? Uh, well, you you can't realistically, there's just no way,
0: and there's no way you can supply the modules in enough volume and at the prices that you're going to accept in a say a core i5 level box, especially these days. Especially these days, you could almost guarantee that every single core i5 box will be DDR4 based because cost. Uh, I don't, I think, I imagine the transition will be like all previous transitions memory transitions are painful and angry there's a lot of screaming at first and then eventually settles down to oh actually that wasn't it's actually kind of worth it and hopefully we'll we'll get there faster this time but yeah I ddr5 being you know potentially one7 two 1.2x more expensive that's just not going to wash in a consumer yeah. budget box so you now all the the mid-range and lower will be ddr4 even some of them you know like higher end boxes will be ddr4 to, to cost but you know, I, I think it'll be, there will be, you'll get the, you'll get Core i 9 and Ryzen 9. Those machines will most likely be configured with DDR5. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I know when we had Ian on, he did not think that there would be combo boards. Uh, he thought actually they were, they were going to try to prevent some of that from happening. I I don't know if that's necessarily a good, good idea. I do get why you would do it because it, most of the people who ever buy combo boards they never ever bother to change the memory out to the next yeah it's rarely worth it it's just it's just kind of silly so why waste the time to you know add the extra traces for ddr4 and all this stuff and may even hurt performance and capacity why even bother do it just go either do ddr5 or ddr4 so i get that but i also understand people like i like to change things so i want to i want it out because dr5 is the future it will be the future but i and i want that capability generally yeah
2: well yeah. that makes sense because like if you just upgraded in the last year or two if your pc is supported by windows 11 let's say you probably already have DD4, ddr4 modules so if you're looking to upgrade all this stuff it makes sense to want to be able to just move your memory over but in the past like this one seems to have creeped up really fast because ddr4 took so long but in the past, what I've done to try to avoid all the hassles, because those early DDR memory transitions can be hassles, is I would typically just skip a generation. Like this is gonna be the first generation of all this stuff coming out. If I could swing it, I'm gonna wait till the next one. Just so you know, PCIe five will be out, DDR5 will have some of the kinks worked out, the motherboards will have that extra time with it. That's just always what I've done in the past.
0: You mean as a as a whole system? You mean CPU and yes, everything? As okay. a
2: whole system. Like if I'm looking to upgrade. Now I'd be like, "Eh, can I get one more year out of this so I can get the next generation beyond it?" So it's an established technology. And I found that's minimized the headaches for me in the past.
0: Yeah, you know, I I I actually think, you know, cuz I my my opinions are, are have already been stated. I generally like PCIe 5 is PCIe folks, they they don't screw around. It basically just works. It's like you don't even know there's a change. So generally, they always have it nailed down memory can be a little more problematic because you have to get all the, the the module makers up to speed and there's, there's some issues, but generally it goes fairly smoothly. But, you know, I, I think if I were building an I nine or Ryzen nine, you're not, you're not, you're not building that level of system to, to, to take a step back on something. And of course we don't know what you're going to get out of DDR five and on the platforms, but you know, most of the people who are buying it for PCIe 5, which most people don't need, <laughs> do you really need that Ryzen 9 or a Core i9? Anyway, most of those folks, you just kind of want the best thing. You want to move the notch yeah. up to the best thing and everything. So I don't think that's necessarily bad, and it lets you brag about it to people. Um, and oh, yes, yeah. That's very important for a certain class of people. But, yeah, for the actual practical everyday person, yeah. I think you will ha- – initially, I think, you know, Alder Lake and uh, Zen 4 – be fine with ddr4 if if there is a ddr4 version of, of zen 4 that is i imagine same thing because they have to because you're not going to buy a, a Ryzen 3 with ddr5 it just doesn't track so
1: hmm. yeah. uh we, we got some good questions uh, in discord if we want to swap over to those or is there anything else from a high level you want to cover about
0: well i i just i i think what's going to happen I, let me predict this is everybody's going to scream and shout. There's going to be the normal, you know, pulling of hair and gnashing of teeth, you know, hand-wringing over DDR5 because, look, oh, my God, you're only getting X percentage more performance for twice as much money. That's going to be normal. Any new memory transition is always a pain, and I would say, yeah, that that's going to happen. Go ahead, get it out of your system. But in the end, DDR5 is, is the path forward for everybody. So, you know, re- remember that. It's just like... Hardware ray tracing. People want to scream and shout about it and don't want it to occur. Let's never change anything. Let's go exactly to don't introduce DDR5 until DDR5 costs exactly the same or less than
2: DDR4. Well, that doesn't happen. That never happens. If if you're worried about it, like I was saying, wait the generation. Like if you wait one generation, costs get better. You know, compatibility gets better. Everything gets better. If you don't mind not having the latest cutting edge stuff. It's the same deal with RTX cards that... RTX twenty series, like there were not very many Raychase games with those, but now it's hopping. Now that the second generation is out, it's just going to be the same deal with DDR five. I'm excited to see it happening. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, no, and and I I also think it's like if you're if if you've got a seventh gen, you know, KB Lake, or you've got a Ryzen one thousand part, you know, you're moving on a four years old now, maybe five years. You can't run Windows eleven. Maybe if you want to make that move, then. Yeah, I I don't know if I could I don't know if I could deal with waiting another year, so I would say you know go for a mid range part with DDR four probably makes sense and then and that's one that's that's one of the really classic you know traps everybody falls into I've fallen into myself because you go like well if I buy thirty two gigs of DDR five for I don't know three hundred and fifty dollars in four years I can still use that RAM yeah but you know you probably could have bought 32 gigs of DDR4 for I don't know 150 dollars, and then in in four years the price of 64 gigs of DDR5 will actually be as cheaper cheaper. So yep. you ra- it rarely ever pays for yourself. So that's definitely one thing I I think is just always you end up losing is like future proofing yourself. It never it never happens. Yeah, you can use the modules, but the initial modules compared to the modules coming out in four years are going to be dogs. So there's just there's a lot of arguments not to do it. But again, if you're a bleeding edge person and you want to have the very best thing, then yeah, that that's fine. And don't let people tell you it's wrong on the internet because you know what? You you want you wanted to have the one more number than them and you
1: got it. So it's that's more power to you. You can afford it. So Nice. Uh well, you you want to get some uh yeah, some pointed some questions? questions? Uh all right. Well, we, we have a, a, a whole load of them here from, uh, Dr. Ian Cutrus. Uh, this uh, is like your teacher. Uh, tech, asking tech, Tech, you Potato, potato and Nantech. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going to go with these one by one because we got a, a little bit of a list. Uh, part A. Do you think Intel's press kit will be DDR5 based only or both DDR4 and DDR5? I'm going to
0: say DDR5. Intel's traditionally gone for notching it up a bunch because I think internally they think like you know what people accuse us of being too conservative not going crazy we're going to go with DDR5 so I think initial I think an initial Alder Lake will be i9 with DDR5 and then maybe a second seed kit or later on secure yourself of uh, you know i7 or i5 with DDR4 so um, if there is a 10% or whatever you're going to get out of it then I-, I think it'll be DDR5 right if they've always done that in the past And I would say if Intel actually came out and seeded, um, you know, DDR4 kits and DDR5, then the look is people are going to say, well, this is just stupid. Why would you pay 200 extra dollars for only X amount more performance? It actually puts DDR5, the move to DDR5 back if they do that. So,
1: uh, okay. One second. Um, so I'm going to, uh, Going to divert from Ian's uh, list of questions, uh, and Timothy Baldridge in the YouTube chat asked, uh, "Do you think there will be a major performance jump at first with DDR 5 Um, that's hard to say. I doubt it, especially because the
0: DDR four modules are so high clocked. And it also be it'll be again if you get seated at Alder Lake S with you know with DDR five and you don't have DDR four to compare it to. How do you really compare it? You, there really is no way to compare it. Like you, you'd really have to see a, a similar system. Like so, when we see an i7 or an i5 with DDR4, then maybe you can have a a better feel for it. But my guess is there'll be you know a reasonable performance increase, but not. It's it's never enough. Having gone through this so many times, it's never enough to offset the initial anger from everybody saying, "Well, this is just stupid. I'm just going to buy the older thing because it's cheaper." And that's, you know, that's that's going to happen.
2: I can, I can see that coming already. If you're the kind of person who doesn't ever go in and turn on XMP or overclock your memory or whatever, then if you just buy some DDR5 and replace your stock clock DDR4 with it, I think you'll see a decent change. Yeah, that could happen too. But, you know, I, I the other thing is like, it, this
0: would be interesting because this is right up the ends, uh, lane. But it's just like, I just, it's so hard to find applications that really like oh we really need memory bandwidth to to really stretch our legs and most of us like you know what memory bandwidth just kind of sucks so you know look at the cpus with these big fat caches you know it's just sort of like it's like everything is designed to like you can run terrible ram and not not really it won't kill you so yep. I, it feels like the benefits to really high clock or even low latencies maybe some things but a lot of times it's
1: it's not really worth it for most people i think
0: as a practical aspect. All
1: right. Uh, Let me get back to the uh, professor's questions. Uh, Part B, if both, how much emphasis, Oh, whoops, I should ask this. Uh, If both, how (laughs) much, uh, if they send out both uh, DDR5 and DDR4 and DDR5, how much emphasis are you going to put you specifically Gordon on DDR4 versus DDR5 when it comes to the launch review compared to say testing JEDEC versus fast kits?
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I Boy, that's going to be a tough one. I think what I'll probably do is look at their internal guidance. And depending on the launch window, because we don't know how much time people are going to get with parts. If it's a short time period, you're going to concentrate on the very best thing. I I don't even use Jeddick for my CPU testing these days. Um, a lot of people do. I feel like at a minimum, people enable XMP. Right. To me, that's sort of like the base level that I mean, otherwise, why even bother? You might as well be running 2133, right? So, um, I generally will at least e- enable XMP. And I think that so sort of like, I guess the showdown you're expect you really want to know is like, so when am I going to put Rocket Lake, Comet Lake, and Zen 3 up against Alder Lake? Yeah, it'll be. I, I would again, I, I would enable XMP because I, I think it's that's just. If you're buying a, a 16 core Ryzen, you know 5950X, are you going to not be turning on XMP? You know, so I think it's I think that's the way to go. So
2: they should make that process a lot more user friendly. Like you just kind of have to know to go in and turn on XMP. I wish there was a way that like your computer is like, yo, turn on XMP.
0: Yeah, but do it's, you
2: want to turn on XMP?
0: I think one of those things they can't really do is because you got lawyers because oh, the, the lawyers, yeah. yeah. The lawyers will say, well, you blew it up and you were out of spec. So, the, yep. you know, I know I'm surprised we don't. If you say XMP and warranty voided three times in a row, people don't know this. <laughs> Steve will show up and say they do not care. They don't really care. They don't <laughs> ever ask. Sometimes they have asked. Most people say, I don't know. What's X, XMP? I don't know what that is. Okay, no problem. They move right along because, you know, CPUs is dying. Isn't that from,
2: that alternative football league?
0: I think so, right? But no, I I think it's most of the time they don't really care, but they also can't actively say do it because you're a multi-billion dollar company with a lot of people that are always looking to sue you over the littlest things. And if they're encouraging you to overclock your CPU and it blows up, you know, it's your responsibility, so.
1: Uh, okay, next one. Uh, Ian's asking, Part C, ha- have any memory vendors approached you about samples? I'm trying to think of how I can answer that. So so sneaky. Jeez, Ian. Yeah, no, I, I have had um, people
0: reach out. I think that's, I wasn't like, hey, this is top secret. But clearly there are memory vendors who have have hardware they want to get out there.
1: Okay uh part d uh how much should we read into team group selling 10 engineering samples as retail kits this early i think
0: team group is looking at unique ways to garner attention and selling ddr5 this early to people who can't even run it <laughs> is a way to get um fact the fact that we're even talking about this now it did exactly what mm. was worth to sell those 10 modules <laughs> So, yes, it's worth it for attention. That's that's the way it is today, is you have to do unusual things to get people to pay attention to you. And it works, because I can tell you plenty of people wrote about DDR5 for sale to people who can't use it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, part E, <laughs> should we call Alder Lake as dual-channel or quad-channel DDR5, or are we going to keep referencing the channel bus width every time? Oh, yeah, you kind of already talked about yeah,
0: that. Yeah, I, I feel like you got to go with dual-channel. I mean, so if you take a dual channel Alder Lake system and you put, and as normal, you don't read the motherboard manual and you put both modules into the same channel, is that a dual channel system or a single channel system?
2: Oh, you're breaking my brain now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So I think generally <laughs> the guidance is it's still dual channel, and if we get to mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, enthusiast level stuff, where you're getting quad channel, then. That's that's I think it's fine. I think most people don't really see the the number of channels, the sub channels, because there's sub channels now with DDR5 versus DDR4. Um I don't think people would understand that enough to see that as a channel.
1: Uh okay. Part F, uh, which concludes his list, <laughs> uh, is if Alder Lake is increasing bandwidth from fifty-one point two gigabyte per second on DDR4 thirty two hundred to seventy-six point eight gigabyte per second on DDR five four thousand eight hundred, should we expect Intel XeLP thirty-two EU to be anywhere relevant for entry level gaming? Plus fifty percent memory bandwidth is nothing, nothing to be sniffed at, especially if the core gets plus nineteen percent IPC increase too. Lots of numbers.
2: I suppose it would depend on if those laptops actually get DDR five, and then with this first batch,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, that's, that'll be the, it's such a weird mix of things too, because I do think, yeah, you there's nothing, if you had a 32, well, if you had whatever the, the large, the maximum IGP part with DDR5, you get that memory increase, you get, all. there's just like, it's like, wow, it actually might be usable for, you know, entry-level gaming, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, potentially could be the best performance we're going to see out of an IGP. At the same time, you're paying $400 for the memory, you're paying <laughs> $700 for that CPU. I would recommend that you generally go out and get an IGP, I mean, a, a discrete card anyway. So it's just that weird disconnect for desktop, even small form factor, unless they, you know, because the thing about Intel is they've, and this is, this is the interesting thing is maybe they can mix it up, but typically the, the best IGPs are always in the high end. Well, like for Tiger Lake mobile, yeah. it's only in the in the in the UP three part. The H doesn't even get it because they know you're not gonna you don't really care. So why waste the die space? And then if you ever even if you're looking at it for like the UP three part, so like that that Ultra Book class, you get the best, you get the XC graphics on the very best I seven part. You get the I three and like oh you get the like it's not we're not gonna call it XC. It's it's so cut down, it's it's now basically H D You know UHD graphics doesn't even get the fancy XE name, but those people at the low end are probably the ones that kind of need it more than the ones at the high end because maybe you would have you know maybe a Tiger Lake H35 with discrete so you know they don't Intel doesn't often they they start cutting down things if you're in the cheap seats like if you fly Southwest they're not going to make those seats bigger. (laughs) <laughs> it's like we're gonna remind you folks, actually I guess Southwest isn't fair because every seat is like that on the plane. But if you're in United yes. and you're in the cheap seats, they ain't gonna make them seats bigger. It's like you want the bigger seats, why don't you pay us more money, right? That's there's no incentive for them to make the the cheap seats better. So I I think that's sort of their trap there unless they decide like, yeah, you know what? We're gonna give everybody the same seats you get in say business or you know, or whatever, economy plus. And that that's just not that generally does not run with a good business model to make money. So no.
2: In time, it'll probably mean very good things for integrated graphics and APUs. So yeah, but yeah. Not in the short term,
0: yeah, eventually, eventually, once it all kind of trickles down, and once DDR five comes down, and yeah, no, it'll be, and you know, AMD, interestingly, like I, you know, contrast Intel's model, AMD is like, you know, what we're just going to use the same damn chip across everything, right? So H to to U, it's got the same radium amount of performance so maybe that's a model Intel could adopt going forward but I, I don't think it I don't think yeah I guess maybe I guess the the short answer is no nah, probably not I mean it just doesn't make any sense you know it's it's getting that Camaro with the rims and all the the wings and the tint and everything and then getting the four-cylinder version
1: of the Camaro <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you know but at least you have a Camaro right no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just want it to sit in their driveway. They just, you know. Yeah. There's they, plenty of people who do it. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> uh all right, so we're, we're going to switch over to the 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 next list uh from Cause MC. Uh he continues Ian's uh lettering <laughs> uh, process. Oh. So, we're going to go to with G. Uh, how long do we expect to see dual DDR4, DDR5 motherboard support? I don't think they mean motherboards with both on them. I think they just mean... Yeah, no, I mean, how long does this transition take? Yeah. 24 to 36 months, at least, at a
0: minimum, depending on the memory that shows up. It usually takes a long, long time for it to trickle down to the lowest end. But, you know, DDR4, DDR3 to DDR4 feels like it went kind of quickly, but... Mm -hmm. I'm sure if somebody actually went back and looked at it
2: historically, it was probably about the same. So, no, DDR4 was delayed a bunch. Remember, so DDR4 came out a a year or two later than it was supposed to. So it really, I was looking into that when I was editing your story. Actually, I'm like, yeah, this really—it's not just me. It doesn't just feel faster. It actually is, you know, a couple years faster than historically. Well, seven. Well,
0: this is delayed because I think so. I think the last time I looked, so like three to four was seven years in between, and like two to three was seven years. Like, that's the difference. But the weird yeah. thing but with 4, which was a little strange, is DDR4 was introduced with Haswell-E initially. And then Haswell, remember, Haswell was still DDR3 because you can't afford it. And um, and clearly, if you're buying a $1,000 CPU, buying DDR4 was not a problem. So I'm trying to think of when DDR4. So what brought... It wasn't even Broadwell. Broadwell was still DDR, DDR4 was Skylake. 6700K, right? So that was like two years. So like, it feels like DDR4 on consumer platforms came out two years after it was first introduced on HEDT, as they like to call it.
2: But yeah, no, so it Launching on Alder Lake is good for adoption. Hopefully it'll be a little bit quicker this time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, I would say at a minimum two to three years, you'll still see. And then even after that, you'll still see DDR 4 because DDR4 is dirt cheap. So, um, and there will be plenty of older DDR4 CPUs and boards
2: around and, even if, if you're not months. looking to upgrade your entire system a year from now, if you just need to upgrade that 8 gigabytes of RAM that you have in your existing system, it'll be a good time to upgrade.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You'll be able to get DDR4 real cheap.
0: Yep. Yeah, you know what's interesting is one of the, the things I don't think I brought up was that they basically, in this, for DDR5, I guess the goals were, you know, memory bandwidth has not kept up with core count and also, you know, density. We need to give you buttloads of, of RAM and then so this, the goal was really to increase bandwidth and also give you a crap load more RAM. So
1: just Looks like to they got that. it. Okay. Uh, next one, uh, part H. Uh, how long until we actually recommend uh, building DDR5 systems? Well, it depends on who you are.
0: If you want to have PCIe five, DDR five, you know, either the best from AMD or Intel, I would say. Immediately, if that's, you know, probably as somebody who takes night classes so they don't have to pay for a copy of Windows, those people probably 36 months from now, you know, probably. Uh, that's that's my guess.
2: Two to three years is probably a safe bet. But it depends on who you are. Yeah, it'll are. start... It'll start- It'll start at the top and trickle down. Like, if you're building an office PC for your kid or whatever, like, there's going to be no reason to buy DDR5 anytime soon. Yeah. So, I think it'll stop what you're just saying, at the high-end, the Core i9s, the Core, the Ryzen 9s. And then, you know, maybe next year, we recommend that for mainstream gaming PCs kind of a deal. But still not office boxes. So, it really does depend on who you are. Or how Uh, cheap
1: you are. Well, Elena's in the chat, and she said, (laughs) I heard that. Um, So, uh, part I cause he ddr5 in the trash how long until we expect ddr6 seven
2: years i think we just figured that out <laughs> yeah
0: i yeah there was actually i think ddr to ddr2 was shorter but generally it's pretty long it, it goes for a long time it's it memory changing memories is a massive undertaking so and i know for people who haven't lived through many of these it, it always feels like it takes a long time, and it, it does take a lot. And it's—I I guess that's why I—I I, I understand the drama that's going to come because I've seen the drama so many times before. So, uh,
1: a, a part J is kind of a, a silly one. Is 16 gigabytes of uh, DDR5 enough for gaming? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see if you can get a gig DDR5 modules.
0: Like it may be like. Minimum sixteen gig DDR five modules. I wonder.
2: I bet. I bet just like that for the first six months. A hundred percent. They're going to make a lot of money off of those too for everyone they sell. Yep.
1: Uh. And part K last from cause. Uh, will someone finally label their RAM kits with mega transfer mega transfers per second? No. No, they won't. <laughs> they
0: won't. I mean, the whole crazy thing is like, if you, if you look at how even RAM is marketed, it's just, some of it's just like, what? And it makes no sense. And then like, this always sets Ian off. He has a whole video teeing off on Linus about this, but when people, cause people will refer to, well, it's, it's DDR4 3200 megahertz, right? That's the classic, right? That, 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 it's mega transfers. But, you know, you can understand if you go into a BIOS and probably half the boards, it'll say DDR4 3200 megahertz. You'll see mm-hmm. sometimes marketed that way. So sometimes I, I feel like it's. It's uh I used to argue with our TV reviewer about 4K. He would get radioactive about like, well, it's it's not 4K. It's 4K UHD. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's not 4K because it's not 4K. It's 38. 40. Yeah. Okay. Nobody cares. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah it's, it's like 4K. it went
0: on for months and months and months, <laughs> arguing, arguing, or finally, oh okay, yeah, it's 4K.
1: Well, he finally I mean, gave up. It's stupid. Like, there are two different 4Ks. I mean, the, it is stupid to to the most to the normal person. They don't care. I know, but yeah. you know, it's like well, it's not it's
0: not 4K. It's 4K UHD. Whatever. I don't care. You know, it's just <laughs> so I you know, no, I do wish there was a better way to that there was a uniform standard, at least it seems like. It is, really. I mean, a lot of memory is, like, DDR4, you know, 3200. They don't put megahertz, and that's, there you go. Yep. It's better than that whole PC thing, the whole, like, they talk about the effective bandwidth, you know, PC 4800, whatever that was. That was horrible. <laughs>
1: uh, Well, that that's it for the, the questions. Oh, no, 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 actually. Da, 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 da. Yep. Yep. That's it for the questions of uh DDR5. Anything else?
2: That's an alphabet's worth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I look forward to it. I mean, we'll see, right? I mean, I I I am interested as somebody who has lived through so many of these now just to see how much drama there's going to be. If I'm if I'm correct. So just remember this what I'm saying here is I think there will be drama and then in 24 months nobody will even remember the drama. So but there will be a lot of anger at why you even made DDR5, probably.
2: Make sure you read those specs while you're shopping for RAM in the foreseeable future, though. You don't want to accidentally wind up with the wrong one. Yeah, because it's the same slot,
1: right? You could accidentally... Well, they're keyed in the wrong... differently. Oh, they
2: are the key They will be keyed differently. Oh, okay, same okay. number of pins, but it is keyed differently. It's, <laughs> it's easy to see DDR5 instead of DDR4 on New Egg, though. So, you know what face I... I I haven't looked at what the where,
0: where the where the notch is on the DDR5 modules, but do you remember like with every single module they have the notch is different, right? They they sort of have the offset so you can't put a DDR3 in, a, but but they have the notch that prevents you from doing that so close to the middle. That when you're looking at it and you're inserting it into a motherboard, it looks like it's dead center. So that you can actually still put the module in <laughs> both ways and it doesn't fit. But the optical illusion will make it seem like it's like, well, it's still in the middle. Why isn't it fitting? Put that stupid notch all the way over to the side. If you put the <laughs> notch all the way to one side, people are like, oh, the notch is on the right side. I'm going to put the module in on the right side. But they always put it near the middle. Like, oh, it's well, it's yes. moved over a centimeter. Well, I don't have rulers for eyeballs. I can't see it putting in, right? You know, how many times has everybody done that, right? Everybody's done it. And you're like, well, it looks like it's
2: centered. Why isn't it? Oh, it's actually backwards. That's a massive pain during the DDR3 to DDR4 transition because back then I was building a lot of PCs for articles and stuff like that and I had a mix of DDR3 and DDR4. And if you're not looking, you just pick one up. They all have the crazy heat sinks. It, that happened every single time.
0: Yeah, but even the, <laughs> even if it's the same one, it's just like it's always just like just enough. They only well, we moved it over three millimeters. You can't. Jeez, move it over like ten. So it's like you know, it's intended to let you know, not just ah. Uh, uh. That's what I'm angry over. Okay, all right. I need to see where that notch is on DDR5. I bet it's right damn in the middle. We put it in the middle this time. <laughs> well, you you ever you have it backwards? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's it's shifted one pin. <laughs> I can't see that. I'm looking right now.
1: uh, uh Codger face says. uh "Quote: I don't have rulers for eyeballs. That's that's a new shirt idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! I'm looking at this like this is
0: a non tech story. I think Ryan wrote this one, but that notch is like in the middle again. Damn it! Like it's right. It's it's offset. Like it's like four millimeters over from dead center. Right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Same I amount of it.
0: pins. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. put the thing over. I mean, I we need to have somebody on from Micron." Orjedic to explain why Joe Macri. Somebody call
1: Joe Macri and have him explain to us why it's always in the middle. Uh, Ian says uh, the people on the Jedic committee aren't building machines; they're engineers that still use chalkboards.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's true because it's the same as the motherboard engineers are like. Well, uh, I'm going to label these one, two, three, four because the CPU's over here, so it's one, two, three, four. So I I should put them in one and and three because one and three are first. No, no, no. You use two and four. Why don't you label them one, two, three, four from the direction you would install them from? Oh, because the CP's on the left. See, and the trace is coming from there. Well, I, I'm a consumer. I don't. I don't have an X-ray machine to see where the traces are coming from in my eyeballs on that motherboard. Because well, you don't have rulers for eyeballs. You don't have X-ray machines for eyeballs. <laughs> it isn't. Yeah no actually you know what it is they're all sitting there like wow what could we do to just piss people off you know what i just man i was reading on people complaining about ddr5 yeah you know what we're gonna do we're gonna put the knots right in the middle right in the middle <laughs> well but if then they can't tell yeah
1: that's what <laughs> it'll be hilarious yeah uh you <laughs> nice uh do you know what else really pissed people off gordon what uh, when they tried to play a video game and it uh, and it bricked their RTX 3090 oh, from yeah. EVGA. That is that is Adam telling me to move along, move along, <laughs> and
0: we indeed have the next topic. Did we move? We did. We, we, move, did. we click? did. Click. Boop. Uh, basically, people playing Amazon's new MMO. What's it? New World. I always want to new call world. it new world. new world. New World started reporting in early July that uh, 3090s were dying specifically uh, EVGAs. I think some of them were even documented dying during a stream. Uh, That immediately caused the Internet to freak out. Um, And now, uh, basically, I'm trying to make my brain move over to the next spot. Basically, what (laughs) we talked to this. You can go to PC World and read this, or you can read it from other people of pointed back to our story. Uh, We talked to EVGA and EVGA officials uh, basically said, uh, so it was like, well, what's up with this? How many of these cards died? You said you're going to do analysis or anything you can say. And they're like, yeah, actually it was about, you know, two dozen cards, you know, under 30, two dozen cards, all 30 nineties, all early production uh, cards from last year. Uh, Most of them died during, you know, obviously according to their interviews with the owners during um, during the menu screen or while the game was loading. And the cause, according to EVGA, were some what's uh, quote-unquote called poor worksmanship. Basically, someone had a bad day on these earlier production cards, and the soldering around the the MOSFETs was subpar. So uh, most likely what happened is, you know, you go from playing the game at 100 or 200 frames a second, you go into the menu system, it's a beta, Amazon did not put on, put in uh, frame rate limiters you suddenly spiked it up from whatever 150 frames a second to 800 frames a second and these cards which were on the borderline got pushed over the border causing them to you know the the solders to go bad and and a little bit of smoke leaving them and um wh- what's happened is ever since then amazon has added uh, frame rate limiters EVJ has said they've got no new reports since that frame rate limiter was put in and they do believe none of the cards that they got were from this year. And they do believe those were just simply early production cards that were just somebody, somebody had a, a lousy, somebody had a bad day at work, basically. You know, maybe a little too hungover doing the solder. So that's most likely what happened. Um, most likely that is the end of it. And they are also working with NVIDIA and, uh, and Amazon, Amazon. to um, try to develop you know, a test where they can sort of screen out for this. So now they will be actually testing for this particular ramping that the the game does, even though the game doesn't do that in the actual game that will come out, doesn't do that.
2: So that would be an excellent twist. Like, Hey, we're just going to keep that one broken version of the new world beta or not broken (laughs) and use it to, you know, that's one of our new screening tools. That'd be great. Watch the new new world menu screen and those Taiwan factories and stuff like that
0: yeah no i mean i think, I think what, what freezed, freaked everybody out is like software can't break hardware is generally the belief so and it didn't and it it didn't
2: you know, it did. uh, that's why I, I think i think evga deserves props for talking to you for for several reasons one it's good just to put you know the close to the story two i mean 24 cards significantly less than one percent i can see why they wanted to make that known like it wasn't blowing up left and right like people were saying But really, the crux of it is that hardware was defective. Like, it had a poor workmanship soldering job. So, again, it wasn't the software blowing it up. It was the software pushing it and the protections weren't in place the way they were supposed to kind of a deal. So, uh, you know, props to them for coming out and being fully honest with all of this.
0: No, and and people I know, I have had discussions with people who insist that it's not true and they're lying and there's like, I don't know. I guess l- literally thousands of these cards somewhere that nobody's reporting. I, but yeah, I, I do think they should be applauded for coming forward at least saying something publicly. Uh, I believe it because I have nothing to to disbelieve at this point. And and I, I do believe it's both things though because dif- games should have frame rate limiters. You don't want to run yes. a thousand frames a second unless you're making you know like basically some kind of test to to blow your card up, right? So I think. I think it's up partial because you had you had cards these 3090 FTW wins were on the border and there were also other reports a lot of people forget there were other reports on Reddit I I saw one from a gigabyte card it was a 3080 Uh, Jay of Jay's two cents said he received numerous reports from his viewers that have said it's across you know different GTX RTX Radeon even there were probably just some cards that or just sort of like on the borderline and you know some kind of this this game particularly just hit everything in in the perfect spot right to break them so some cards not you know not every card is the same right that's why there's there's failure rates so i i do think it's some of it is they should have had a firm rate limiter because you should but you know clearly some cards were not not great so
2: if I owned one of these cards that blew up, one, it would be terribly frustrating because It's Impossible Finds graphics cards and you already spent $2,000 on one of them and it blows up. So that's frustrating. But you got it replaced. EVGA said they were replacing them even before they got them back. So that's good. Yeah. And in the long run, this might be a good thing because if I did have one of those cards that had the poor workmanship in it, I would much rather discover it this way than mm-hmm. discovering it four years from now when it's out of warranty or whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how the question is. Like, could there be more out there? But I don't, I mean, I think this is the reason why, the reason why I think everything is okay and there aren't sort of more things that are going to go bad four years from now is generally uh, hardware is not broken by software. So you're just mm-hmm. unlikely to
1: see this happen anywhere else. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. It was just like the perfect storm of events.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we we have a funny comment to uh, uh, one big Ben on YouTube it says, uh, in, instead of does it run Crisis, uh, does it survive New World? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe that's the best way to know if you have a really solid card, is to be like, all right, you know, I'm going to load up New World and test out my card. It's, it's a new benchmark you add, you know. Yeah, they could <laughs> release that version yeah.
0: specifically with
1: a warning, <laughs> do not run on your card if you think it may be
0: subpar. No, no, you
1: want to run it to know... Uh, so, and then you get a little sticker. It says "I Survive New World." So then you, you've got the cream of the crop, right? Like the the high end card. Yeah,
0: and then New I, firm.
1: I do want to point out EVGA said they actually have the
0: version that did not have the rate limiters because they were trying to reproduce it. They actually could not reproduce it on cards, so it just that's why what leads to their belief that this is you know likely a batch a batch quality issue, which which happens rather than you know simply there were also the other thing we didn't talk about is you know there were a lot of theories that maybe this is the fan controller going crazy they did come out and say that no it's it's not the fan controller cuz um it's actually they didn't
2: just say that they said in no way shape or form was it the fan controller yeah they,
0: they said no what happened is third party utilities um were seeing noise from the uh, i2 bu- I, i2c bus god it has mm-hmm. really been a long morning I2C bus, they were seeing that noise, and they were seeing that as no signal from the fan controller, meaning the fan controller is not working as has lost control of everything. In fact, if you ran the EVGA precision X, X1. X1 utility, they were screening for that um noise on the I2C bus. So actually it was functioning. They have since one released a firmware update for the I2C bus. That should help. Uh two, with the updated uh firmware on on the i2c on the fan controller and with updated versions of hw info and gpu z or any other popular utility that was seeing it is is blanking out it should function fine so it it was one of those things where that's complicated it is very complicated but it is one of those things where there was a problem there was the usual hand-wringing and freak out stage and then there was the search for answers and again you always have to be careful because sometimes you know, cause what causation is not correlation sometimes, or correlation is yeah. not causation. It looked like it was that; it was not. In fact, I believe that as well, because like, well, that makes sense. The fan controller freaking out under from yeah. this game for some reason, but you know, uh, clearly VGA says that's that's not true. In fact, they've corrected it to, to show that that's not true at all. So, but I think the yeah. lesson is people should not freak out. But it's something with. It's something with our community where we're just simply conditioned to want to freak out at everything. I certainly do my freakouts. So,
1: and and hand wringing. and hand We Love your hand ringing. <laughs> I do hand ringing. Look at this.
0: I'm. I, they're going to try to kill a PC again. See, I always say that because I know <laughs> it's always going to be that
1: way. Uh, all right, and it, yeah, I I linked to the uh, to the article. Uh, is is there anything else we should cover on this, or should we get some Q and A before we get out of here?
0: No, I think I'm good. I think, you know, the lesson is sometimes just everybody take a chill pill. And then, honestly, I have had discussions, I guess we can call that politely, with people who are absolutely sure every single card has this flaw and they will simply die. And I don't know how they can say that with without any definitive proof of that. So, you know, I people need to sometimes maybe not maybe not to back a few notches, right? Just turn it down a little.
1: Okay. Uh, let's move over to Q and a, if you have a question right now, please, uh, send it in the, uh, in the chat. Uh, or if you're watching later, there's a link to discord in the description. We have a full nerd question section there that you can put your questions in. I will, uh, look through those and read them on the show. Uh, the first one is one I meant to bring up at the end of the DDR five discussion, but we got a $5 super chat from BC <laughs> jester. Thank you. Said, um, Asking, uh, is PC moving up to DDR5 just to keep up with the new consoles?
2: <laughs> you know, yes. I,
1: yeah, no. I think. Well,
0: you, <laughs> you can answer, Brad, if you want. I, my opinion. Oh, just no, knows. I think he I, wants you I, to. I,
2: for me, it was a name joke. Oh, I see. Five DDR5. No,
0: you just have to. You do have to move because you know memory bandwidth and and capacity is. You know, it's always you. You always want to move the infrastructure forward. You don't want to wait till you're you're out of memory bandwidth. So it makes sense. It's been eight plus years now since DDR4 was introduced. So it's time, density goes up, all kinds of things improve. So I think it makes sense. And then sometimes I just, this would be a fascinating discussion with somebody who knows way more than me, but I do sometimes wonder if it's because we are linked to, you know, PC is built on commodity server hardware a lot of times. So. You know, servers need bandwidth. They need they need capacity. They get it, so we sort of get it too, in a way. And you know, you have to move. You move everybody. You have to raise all the boats at the same time. So, it it will take at least a couple of years for the actual advantages for it to shake out, though. And no, it's not about consoles. Give me a break. Well, I mean, console has the bigger number, so. You know, I you know what I get is that what is that people saying like you could easily buy a console now, so just go buy a console because you can't buy a video card. And I went to like look and you couldn't yeah, find no, any no, console. No,
1: nobody's saying it's easy yeah. to buy. They're saying it's easier to buy. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, K two is way easier than Everest. There's there's <laughs> levels of easiness. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get on to uh, another question. We got a, a thirty five dollars super chat from Mike Quinton. Thank you so much. Uh, he gave us earlier said, why why are so many CPU base clocks set at three point five gigahertz and not four point gigahertz? Is there an actual CPU speed limit? Oh, you mean the the base clock that they they spec up for yes. all the CPUs? Yes,
0: I I've never actually looked at where and there's any common base clock among all of them, but you know I imagine it's 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 based on the you know process manufacturing. It, the, the chips themselves design is just the base clock is not what you always hit. You know, oftentimes you're running turbo in all modern PC CPUs is so opportunistic. It's almost always running at very high clocks. So base clock is generally like, you know, you're running all cores, all threads very hard for a long, long time. Or it's a super hot day and you're running a stock cooler kind of stuff. So it's worst case scenario in general. But I don't know why they always settle on 3.5. <laughs> maybe it's a good number. I, don't.
2: <laughs> I hadn't even noticed that they did.
0: Yeah, I, I'm because it does vary. But maybe that is just simply, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't see it often used with PCs, but it's, it's used with cars, like limp mode. Like you have a problem with your car, so it goes in limp mode or something. So basically under pack. That's sort of like
1: maybe that's just like, oh, we'll just run down there. So it's, I don't know. Uh, Good question, though. Ian uh, Ian yeah. chimes in and says base clock is a guarantee. Yeah, that's you're, you're going to be able to hit that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but why 3.5? Why that's the question.
0: Ian is like, is there a technical reason for that, or is that just like it's my favorite number?
2: <laughs> Who has a 35 it's an easy in their number jersey? Number to guarantee, probably. <laughs> Who has
1: a 35 in their jersey? Is there? Maybe there's like some favorite.
2: No uh, clue. Off the top no, of my head, no.
1: Uh, all right uh, next uh, question is from uh, Pedro Acura Uh, let me see if I can parse this Uh, comparing a 3.4 gigahertz on all cores and 4.1 gigahertz on one core to an Intel that runs 4.0 gigahertz on all cores is that directly comparable or is different IPC uh, or is it uh, or is it a different IPC even though they're not running at the same speeds sorry I'm, I'm trying to parse it a little bit. I, I think they're just asking the, you know, how, how you can do 3.4 on all cores, but you'll get one core up to 4.1, whereas Intel, it says they're, they're running 4.0 on all cores. Uh, is, is that comparable? You mean among, from Intel to Intel? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Same. I'm not quite sure.
2: I would say probably the same chips from the same generation, right? Like, you can't necessarily match Ryzen 3 versus their Intel counterparts core for clock for clock because they are different IPCs, they are different architectures, they are different, all that stuff. But you could compare the current Core i3 versus the current Core i9 because they all have the same underlying base.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's in, yeah, if you're trying to do, you know, manufacturer to manufacturer, it, it gets pretty, pretty sticky. And especially because yeah. what exactly are you doing on those? Uh, what exactly is the workload you're running on those two? So way too many variables. Uh, but generally, I would say if the higher clocks, all core is generally going to be better, right? Because Ryzen runs pretty well at high clocks too. So it's, I'm not sure it, it necessarily makes sense to me.
1: Uh, also, I mean, I, I know... Uh back before I was building PCs and, and just kind of looking at specs, right? It was just like, oh, the higher higher the clock speed, the better, you know, but e- e- but a higher clock speed on an older generation does not necessarily mean, or a higher turbo does not necessarily mean better than a newer generation at a lower turbo, right? Or with more cores or something, you know? I didn't understand that, at least.
0: Yeah, no, and and that's that was always the knock against megahertz, because it was heavily marketed by cpu companies initially and then it sort of got silly with that and it wasn't that useful as a as a metric and then i think probably the problem is people got way too they we went from you need more megahertz because megahertz is always better and then it turned into megahertz doesn't mean anything because of netburst p4 these are you know this your two gigahertz on a p4 was not as good as a you know a 1. 4 or five gigahertz on a p3 kind of thing mm. Or, you know, uh, an original Athlon. But I think then we went to megahertz is meaningless, which is also incorrect because, again, as Brad just pointed out, uh, 5 gigahertz on Intel is better than a Intel running at the same family uh, as 4 gigahertz. So it does matter as long as it's the same family and same manufacturer. Well, and Ian says I always have
2: that. I always have that trouble when. uh... People talk to me about graphics cards, comparing the shader cores, like the CUDA cores versus the shader cores, kind of a deal. like, no, you can't. Like, they both use numbers in those, but they are not the same thing. You can't just. They, yes, they are both graphics cores, but it's not. It's very different.
1: Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, a couple more questions. Uh, David MSG6800XT over on Discord is asking, uh, how many cores do you need on a CPU if you are gaming at 1080p? Uh, with a a 6600 XT or an RTX 3060. What would you recommend? 1080p 60 hertz? Uh, They just say 1080p. I guess it probably wouldn't matter with a
0: 3060, would it? So it's not like you're going to be pushing 9,000 frames a second.
2: If I was looking to not be extravagant these days, I would go with the 6-core. Like, I'm sure you could probably get by. I haven't done extensive testing with a quad-core that's threaded, hyper-threaded. Or simultaneous multi threaded uh these days. But I'd feel a lot more comfortable with the six core part. They're they're a lot more affordable these days.
0: Yeah. Six core is sort of the minimum these days. It'd be hard to get a quad core at this point. Is is the is I think the, unless you're running some. Well oh, no, there's
2: really some old. good budget ones. There's some good budget ones, and I wouldn't be you know, a thirty sixty and a good budget quad core will last you good for a few years, I think. Yeah. But and if you can, I would go up to a six core.
0: Yeah, and I guess, yeah, if you're talking about there are some there are some budgety four cores, but the question is then would I take because he's already got the system or she already has the system, but I'm just like if this is eight
2: hundred XT by the way, congrats on your purchase. 68- Sorry, that was the person's name. That was the person's name, sixty eight hundred oh. XT. So congrats on your purchase.
0: But I'm just wondering like so, you know, because I think the real question there should be if I'm building a new system, I'm specking out a new system, should I save $60, $70 to go from maybe even 100 potentially to go from a 6-core 12-thread system to a 4-core 8-thread system to get a bigger GPU? If I take that money now and I take the extra $100 or 80 bucks and I put that toward that bigger GPU, what would you do, Brian? That's
2: an interesting question. Uh, I think it doesn't matter because I can't buy a graphics card oh. anyway <laughs> <But> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I I would oof. yeah that's a tough one right
2: yeah that is a tough one I'm not sure I might have to think about that do an article about that actually
0: really because I mean that's I know people because really most of it applies to building building and speccing a new machine out that whole quad core <laughs> versus six core sometimes feels silly because you know there's no reason not to get a 6 cores, so they're so cheap now. But you can then get a
2: quad you... core for 113 bucks. <laughs> what's a Let's see You can what's... get the 10, what is it? The last gen one especially was at good prices. This 10K more... 400F, 10400 400? or 11400 I think it is now. Yeah, what is it going for? Uh, I don't know, like a 120ish bucks. Might be up to 150. I don't know. I haven't looked at CPU prices recently.
0: i5 lim 400
2: is
0: maybe 200 dollars. Oh no, never heard of those folks. Maybe 260. <laughs> maybe two. Really? Wow. What?
2: The yeah. Heck? yeah. Uh, well, I'd go with uh, I'd go with. Uh, I think 64. you're referring
1: <laughs> to the the ten four hundred f 140. Oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what I was thinking of, something along those lines. The 11.400, should have replaced that, but that's still a very good part, and that's a very good price. So, uh,
1: Also, uh, Boz on, on YouTube says, Linus released a video today showing a Skylake quad core is still more than enough at 1080p with today's games.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that That does not change. that, And I'm glad he did that, because everybody needs to continue to do that every once in a while. And The narrative really turned into, I need eight cores, I need six cores. To play games because you know because consoles got eight cores. I need eight cores. That that just has not turned out to be the truth yet. I wish it would, yeah. but it has not. So generally, I mean, you have a quad core KB Lake part. You're actually not you know you're not doing too bad. Like if you had a if you had a seventy seven hundred K, does it make sense to to throw that out to build a six core system because you're going to really need you know almost everything new. Or would you rather just buy, toss out that 970 and, and build a new, get a better video card? I would say generally, better video card gets you more bang for the buck for the most part. Mm-hmm. But, and of course, the other thing, though, is the interesting thing is, you know, we're old-timers. For us, an idea of playing a game is to play a game. It's not about, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stream it, webcam... You know, ring camera, and then have my makeup on so that I can play my game. That's a different kind of thing. Like and o- you could, OBS and you watching could argue, chat. You could argue, sort of like that social gaming that everybody does now. They want to do. You know, six cores is is a recommended mm-hmm. you know core count at yep. least. So at a minimum. Uh,
1: I I will say too though. I mean, I, I, the way I think of it, I I tend to think, or at least uh, back in the day. Uh, I I tended to think uh, I'm not going to upgrade the CPU that often as much as I'd, I'd probably get you know two GPUs out of a CPU if that makes sense right so it's like plan to have the CPU for two GPU cycles uh, so you know maybe you want to spend a little bit more I, I don't know just because it's going to last a little longer
0: yeah I wonder if people are upgrading CPUs at a faster rate because you know what I can't get no GPU I might as well just upgrade the CPU you know <laughs> or since. Gaming does drive a lot of it if they're just like, you know, I'm just I'm I'm beaten. I'm, I'm just going to take a break. So I have a feeling
2: that a lot of that's going on, especially where right now it's a weird time for all this to be happening because both AMD and Ryzen platforms are at a dead end until the new stuff comes out, basically. So it's a weird
0: time. Yeah. And I saw a story on PC Gamer this morning saying that it looks like Ryzen 5000 prices are starting to head downward as you new know, new parts may
2: be coming out. And as Elder Lake starts looking like it's going to happen soon, yeah, they both do that. So does AMD. So does Nvidia. So everybody, they all do that.
1: Okay, uh, let's uh, let's do one last question um, before we get out of here. Um, actually, you know what? Uh, two last questions. I, I I had an interesting one. Uh, some uh, somebody emailed me. I'm not going to say their name because I, I didn't get permission. But uh, somebody emailed me asking about um, their uh, our, our everyday carries, Gordon, uh, what's, what's your everyday carry that, that you have on you, if you want to reveal it? Or or what's a good knife that you would recommend, or a Leatherman, or, or something for uh, for everyday use?
0: You know, I actually, ever since the pandemic, I've kind of lightened up, because most of the time it's in the car. But everyday would be, so I would consider belt and pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Not backpack, because that, to me, feels different to me. Um Leatherman with the bits, a bit extender. Actually, recently I got the ratcheting bit, bit oh, extender for that, which that. is kind of cool, but definitely kind of underbuilt. So I'm I'm wondering if it's going to last is that long. Uh, flashlight, Phoenix is a great brand. I love Phoenix. By the way, um, Fisher Space Pen, uh, whistle. I carry a whistle case mostly because. If you're trapped under a concrete rubble, it's easier to blow a whistle than it is to shout, Hey, I'm trapped under the rubble here. So that's what the whistle for mm-hmm. a spare flashlight, believe it or not. Two Simpics, uh, Benchmade. I, right now, I'm, I, I like the, um, Axis Assist. They're really great knives. Um, and Benchmade makes great knives, but they're super expensive. What else? Uh, I usually carry also a small Sharpie, a miniature Bic lighter. Um, I used to carry a small pry bar with me. I've stopped carrying that. So a little tiny one that was on the leather. Yeah. So, you know, I have a great story cause I, <laughs> so I'm married. So my story is like, well, you're married. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter now. It doesn't, you know, I got, I got my phone. I carry my phone in a holster right? Cause like, who am I fooling? Right. That's, that's, that's a long story. It's true. Who am I fooling? I'm going to carry my phone on a holster. I used to have my Leatherman. I used to carry my Leatherman on my, my, um, belt because, you know, you're always working on PCs. You always need new Leathermans are just wonderful tools. Oh, the wave is awesome. And then one day I was leaving work and well, actually before then I was like, man, what am I carrying this stupid thing for? It's just extra weight. I'm just carrying around on me. This is so I go to the car and i start the car and the starter gets stuck like so sometimes the starter solenoid just gets jammed and so it just keeps going right so it's like if you were sitting in there with the with the car cranking on the to the ignition you know mode Mm -hmm. so like there's nothing you like i could I could turn it off turn it back on they was just like it was just going and going it was going on for like about 50 seconds so eventually what happens is it destroys something It gets really expensive right sometimes it'll it'll eat into the <clears throat> so was like oh I've got my leatherman on my belt So I pull it out and I disconnect the, the battery so I disconnect the battery because I could actually get to the terminal mm-hmm. so I I' able to disconnect it have it towed to a local shop they swap the you know the, the um, starter I was at work so I was like 20 miles from work. So only because I had my Leatherman on me. So that's that's why I, I think it's worth worth it. And last week I I go to come here, I start my car. Actually it doesn't start because the battery is dead. So I use one of those like lithium ion battery jumpers that's in the trunk. I jump the car. Sorry, the story's going on, but it's almost over. <laughs> I jump the car. I said, Maybe it's a battery, but you know, normally if I drive this car, it should put a charge on the battery, but I didn't fill the tank up. My wife's always on me. It's like, you should always keep a half a tank of gas in case something bad goes. Like, I'm always like, I can always push it right. So I can get down to a ga- one mile of gas. So I'm like, no. So the, it's like battery basically dead. Jumper thing, I've already used the charge to start it once. Those things are kind of like, you can't really start it more than once. It's like, I I have to get here to do. A video, but we're doing an interview. Or actually, we're going to to a Lenovo. So I had to get to work. So damn, I have to drive to San Francisco. Hope the car does not die on the bridge, and I only had like a gallon of gas left. So then I'm like, what am I going to do? And like, if I turn off the car in the gas, and I was like driving along San Francisco. If you don't know, there's no gas stations in San Francisco. Mm-mm-mm. There's more fast food places in San Francisco than there are oh, gas stations yes. oh, in San yeah. Francisco, which says something. So I'm like. And I was like, driving works, so, oh, there's actually a chevron. It's like, how am I gonna get gas so I can at least drive further and start the car again? Because if I shut it off, it's gonna die. It's like, you know what, I'll just have to hot tank it. So I'm like one of those people that pull up to the gas station, doesn't turn the car off, take the gas cap off, you know, put five gallons of gas in, because it was like five dollars in San Francisco. And then I drive to work. Fast forward later on in the day, I'm like, I need to fix this now. I go to one Costco, I charge the battery pack up I, so I can start it up to go to Costco. Like, oh, we don't have that battery. We have the one with the reverse terminals. Oh, are you really? We got it in the other store. It's like, I got to say, luckily at work, I was here all day. I charged the battery pack up so I could start it again. So then I go to that store and I turn the car off and I'm not going to be able to start it off, turn it on again until I, I swap the battery That's out. Fixed. Which I can do because I have my Leatherman. So yet again, I pull off the Leatherman, change the battery.
1: There you go. All right, that's uh, my EDC story. Yeah, uh, I I I don't know about you, Brad, but I I carry around a a, a Leatherman Wave uh, and then a, a spider Delica. Those are those are my two easy ones. Oh, actually, no, I have uh, a little tool. What is this? Uh, I picked this up recently for my my keychain. A, a Gerber shard. I actually. Find oh. some use of that too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, Brad, do you have you you carry anything?
2: Uh, what is it? walter PP in the sock? No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I'm just. No, I have my iPhone. I have a lighter. uh I have headphones. <laughs> okay. I try not to drive too much, so I don't have to worry about broken cars, and I try not to get into knife fights so much. So. <laughs> hopefully i don't need to use it for that either
1: yeah but, but you uh, you have uh you have long blades uh for that so
2: oh yeah yeah i have a bunch of swords cutlasses and stuff like that fended off some invaders with those before
1: the true story
0: uh <laughs> i had a coworker who who's very disappointed because you know the knives i carry are always you know for her was like well that's scary mm-hmm. what do you do with that well I, I gotta cut my avocado at work for my salad it's like oh
2: that's for your just, that's <laughs> the worst thing ever
1: <laughs> like uh all right uh last last question uh, uh, Dr. Ian Cuttrist, uh asked later, said, uh, PC World is hiring, but how much are you paying? A good number of <laughs>
2: publishers like IDG seem to be hiring lately. Brad, or, or, are we hiring? We are hiring. We are hiring two new positions, actually, a uh, staff writer and an associate editor, so... Nice. You're watching the show. If you got some writing skills, some editing skills, check out our site. We had a post up today. You can find the links to the appropriate HR stuff there. Uh, I'm not sure of the exact salary. I think it might depend on where you are in the U.S. because it's very much open to most states for remote positions. So it might factor in there. I don't know the details. So sorry, can't give you a firm number. All right fun times. Yeah. Come join us. Come join us. You could be part of the full nerd. Are you listening? It could be you on it next week. Not next week. Next <laughs> ne- year. Yeah,
1: next week. A little, a little early. Uh, but you could report to Brad. You know, it's fun. It's fun times. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible times. Terrible times <laughs> for all. Uh, Gordon, let's get this out of here. Let's get this out of here.
0: So check back next week for your Fix a PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play. Oh boy. You know, never drink... Um, <laughs> A lot of English tea right before you have to say a lot of words. My tongue is just <laughs> like sticky to my mouth. Google play Spotify go. or Stitcher. <laughs> Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCworld.com. Also please leave a comment every time you do. Gordon has an extended run-on story about his leatherman. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkis.
2: He has those stories even if you
0: don't. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch with his Leatherman and
1: wave uh, I, I remember w- within the first couple months of meeting Gordon he, he did a thing where he just uh, s- somebody asked him to lay out all the stuff that was currently in his pockets out on a table and wow it was a lot of stuff I, I have the photo somewhere I should share it in, in discord it was it was eye-opening and that's when I learned about uh, Gordon so anyway like a chipmunk yeah like with the walnuts except <laughs> it's just junk in your pocket <laughs> exactly thanks everybody see you later bye